Hey, before we kick this episode off, I just wanted to let you know that at the very end, there's going to be a review for uh, a book. It's called Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life. So without further <laughs> delay, kick off the episode. Bienvenue à Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> I'm your master of ceremonies, Rune Le Mec. Tonight's episode is Season Quattro, Episode Says, titled Two Road Together. Your host this week will be Manger Brent, Manger Allen, and Mademoiselle Ski. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. These ugly Americans. Says, dis- says is 16? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've never so, heard that before. Yeah. So these ugly Americans will discuss the episode, <laughs> point out their favorite lines. Guilty Americans! <laughs> offer up an MVP, and then award the episode upwards of eight slices to cheesecake. They will likely be successful at all of these endeavors, which is good because because they will be less successful in their attempts at humor. Without further ado, here is the hour to start the proceedings. What is eight in, in French? Do you know? Uh, un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, says sweet. Sweet? Wheat. Wheat. Yes. Wheat. Okay. Wheat. A very uh, nice opening, Brent. I appreciate yes. it. Well, I don't appreciate most of what you said, but I appreciate oui, oui. I appreciate yes. the effort you put into the... Master <laughs> of Ceremonies, yes. Rune Voyer Lamec. Now, who, who is Rune Voyer Lamec? That sounds like a... A joke to me. <laughs> it is. Uh, so that translates to MC Scat Cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wasn't sure. I was like, it either is a, a joke as far as the translation, or it's a joke in that it's like something that Norm Macdonald had used at some point <laughs> <laughs> when he was, you know, talking yeah. about Quebec. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, when I realized I wanted to be a master of ceremony, I was, I was like, well, there's only one name I can use. <laughs> so en français, Very nice. MC Scat Cat. Very creative. Thank you. Well, yes, so, yeah, that's your introduction for this week. I don't know if in all that, if you said the episode that we're watching, I, I probably did. You um, did. Two Road Together. Oh, okay. Season Quattro. Very nice. Eight. Sorry, I just got a little caught up in all of the, you know, I was en français? feverishly entering into Google Translator to try to catch up with you. <laughs> yeah, <but> yeah. <laughs> What's he saying? Exactly. So, anyways, but yeah, I do have, before we kick off the episode, I did have a couple little things to mention. Yeah. Um, this is one, I don't know, I'm sure you had noticed this, Brent. Um, but Sherry had posted, and then I reposted, a, or she had made a meme that I then posted okay. of a, a saying that you had on a recent episode oh, yeah. of uh, even the smallest hills are worth dying on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and we got a couple uh, you know, fun comments on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had mentioned in it that your you know, wisdom's from uh, our very own Brent, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Numi had said that uh, Brent is one of the true wise men left on in our world. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Numi. I thought it was nice. Sage wisdom. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, we also got Stacy uh, said that he's one of the great philosophers of our time. Oh, nice. Thank <laughs> you, Stacy. Wow. Yeah, High praise from both. Yes. Very much. Very nice. Um, Radio silence from Tammy, I assume. Uh, on that particular one, but, but I'm sure that she'll. Well, <laughs> she's I know, I considering guess. her response <laughs> about Mario. <laughs> 
Mar- Mario Donato. The CJ weigh-in? I, I read you all of them. <laughs> so, thank you, Stacy. We did have other me. likes, plenty of other likes and whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, no other actual comments on that particular okay. meme. Um, but then we did have a couple other interactions. Uh, Jennifer uh, sent us a message, Jennifer Balbo, that... Uh, she said that she was talking about the Count Von Count versus Count Chocula. Yeah. And the color you want your cremains to be is a is the content that she's here for. Like, that's the kind of information <laughs> she wants us to talk about. <laughs> and uh, she's a strong advocate for making uh, cremains to be like Magic Sand in the early 80s that you can still play with your loved one, even in water. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. really good. I love I that. that that's great. really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Sherry had mentioned that uh, she was not aware of the Count's last name and that she's here for knowledge and knowledge is power. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and then I, I had sent another, I had made a post, you know, every week when I, I post a little thing on Facebook just to remind <laughs> everyone that a new episode is out. Yeah, yeah. And I had put in there about that uh, recent episode. I said, it was the one, um, brother, can you spare a jacket? Mm, and, yeah. and I said, the episode. Classic. Exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I said, but a recap and review will be the same quality you've come to know and tolerate. Um, <laughs> listen to a new episode of Sophia's Choice available yeah, yeah. now. And uh, so, yeah, I think Jennifer enjoyed that. She said, uh, tolerate, I think that's the bar we should all set for everything we do. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'd say it's a pretty high bar for a ninth grade podcast. And I'm <laughs> proud of the fact that we occasionally reach it (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes our reach exceeds our grasp yeah (laughs) and then cj had also commented there that uh, he can't wait till next week Uh uh, for one of his favorite episodes of the series which was the uh, scared straight episode i believe okay gotcha hopefully he enjoyed that recap Mm -hmm. yeah i hope so Um, he said he did because i had commented after that and he said he enjoyed it so And then one last comment to mention to you today. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Angel. Okay. She said, uh, This is the ASMR? Yes, exactly. Okay. And she said, Haha, I've been listening uh, to the group's aspirations on the future, and I think you guys should critique Three's Company next show, mm. um, as that was hilarious. And mm-hmm. that she also wanted me to tell you guys she said hello. Oh, hello. So, hello back. So yes. I, I said I'd do that. I did say that I think that if we do a f- podcast after this or continue this in some way shape or form mm-hmm. that i would probably be more inclined to do something a little more general and less tied to one specific subject mm-hmm. yep. um but you know three's company could certainly be part of that absolutely i would absolutely be willing to review an episode of three's company um, yeah very nice so i did love that show yeah i liked it, it i remember liking it when um suzanne summers was on it mm-hmm. and i always remember feeling a little disappointed when it was either the other two chrissies yeah so. yeah like when, I don't remember us talking about Three's Company, mm-hmm. but at the time, did I quote the Beastie Boys? It seems like I would have. Well, I don't think she was referring to us talking about it. Oh. She was just giving it as a suggestion gotcha. uh, of something that we could review next. What, gotcha. what was your uh, the the What were you saying? Thinking you're going to say about it? Um, like if it would have come up, I would have said, you know, I'm so dope. They call me Mister Roper when the troubles arise. You know, I'm the cool coper. <laughs> Very nice. Good old Mister Roper. I feel like you have said that line on this yeah, show at some point. Like... Uh, I just feel like Mister Roper has come up at some point. <laughs> yeah. What other context would it have been yeah. in? So. Uh, who is Mister Feely or who is who is Don Nuts? Uh, what was his name? Mister Fur- Feely. Furley. Mister Furley. Furley. Yeah. yeah. Furley. Yeah. I'm a big Don Knotts fan. Oh, yeah, same here. It's, uh, I think every show that Don Knotts is in is better because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can you name a third Don Knotts show? Uh, you mean besides Andy Griffith and that? Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, I know I've seen him in other things and I've enjoyed him. Wasn't but, he in Matlock at least yes. once? Oh, was yeah. he? Um, he was Matlock's neighbor. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, great. And like he showed up like the first time he was on there, he was um, like, you know, accused of a crime. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Matlock, you know, he cleared him, whatever. And then after that, he just popped up as, you know, just the annoying nosy neighbor or whatever <laughs> for comic relief. <laughs> you remember what uh, the uh, Andy Griffith, uh, uh, Charles Bronson thing uh, was on The Simpsons? You're like, <laughs> no, no, I don't remember it offhand. You know, like a child, like Don Knotts' character says he put what was the town drunk? Uh, Barney, Otis, uh, Otis. Okay, where's Otis? And he's like, I shot him. Because <laughs> <laughs> Charles Bronson right. was supposed to be standing for the Andy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's great. So yeah, yeah, Charles Bronson would not be quite the same <laughs> kind, gentle uh, bailiff or um, deputy that <laughs> Don Knotts was. Cassie and I have started to watch The Simpsons. And you know, we're really enjoying it and everything. And there's more than um, Jim and the holograms. Yeah, <laughs> it was um, it was Josie and the pussy cats. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, much more than that. There was um, I love is just a recurring bit or whatever. But like whenever Krusty shows like a clip mm-hmm. of him like throughout history or whatever. Yeah. And it, it was the one where he had Sideshow Raheem. With him. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, I'm going to bonk you with this hammer. And Sideshow Raheem's like, I wouldn't. <laughs> and then, and then that's back to Krusty, like, sitting on the, the stage steps or whatever. And he's like, angry, angry man. <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. And I start laughing at that uncontrollably. And then for, like, two days after that, Cassie was trying to, like, recreate the laugh. But she would never get the timing just strike she's always like angry angry man or <laughs> that was very sweet of her to try yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't quite understand why solid effort but she was still going for it <laughs> how do you feel like i still watch simpsons i'm actually completely up to date at this mm-hmm. point um yeah and uh, and i still think that their episodes are solid mm-hmm. the one thing that i don't know how i feel about it is that you know they've also progressed up their backstory to where mm-hmm. now they show you know like when the when Marge and Homer were supposed to be young, it's in like the nineties yeah. um, as opposed to yeah. now. And I don't know, it, it feels weird. It's weird that we have all of these origin type stories <laughs> things that are now from like the sixties yeah. all the way up through. Yeah. Like I really wish she would want to watch them chronologically, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. She um, just hunts and pecks, oh, okay. you know, she definitely loves the Halloween episodes and the Christmas episodes. She graduates towards those. And then like on the Disney plus where it has like the little icon for that particular episode, mm-hmm. uh, she's more inclined to pick one if she sees Lisa in oh, the okay. picture. Right. She likes the Lisa episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Well, so that's fair enough. The least yeah. episodes do tend to be pretty solid ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I know one of my favorite lines of all time was from a Lisa centric episode. But it's mm-hmm. a Mr. Burns line. Mm-hmm. He comes in to talk to their class, and mm-hmm. uh, so there's a class of second graders, yeah. um, and he's like, "Friends, uh, religion, family. These are the three demons you must slay to be successful in business." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> You don't want to. I can't remember the rest of it, but it's like you don't want to miss out on the big deal because you're, uh, you know, going to some kid's baseball game or in some phony baloney synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And Mr. Burns is my favorite character on there. But Conan O'Brien needs a friend. They were talking about that and just how much fun it is to write a character mm-hmm. like Mr. Burns because yeah. he's almost like an unlimited 
source because he's super old mm-hmm. um and so you have all that old oh, yeah. type stuff you can throw in yeah. he's super rich so anything he wants to do pretty much he, can do yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so it's just a fun character because he has almost no limitations yeah. um on what and because he's frail he still has a little bit of like vulnerability to mm-hmm. him um so he makes it softens his hateability just enough um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But. So one thing, it's a Mr. Burns tie-in. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the episode where he was given uh, charge of the trillion-dollar bill? Vague. I mean, I remember the it episode. Was, it was in connection to like World War II or right. something like mm-hmm. he was supposed to deliver it to somewhere, I forget. But he held on to it and just kept it because he thought that level of wealth could not be entrusted to anyone besides him. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But very recently in Congress, uh, in response to... Um, budget limitations, I think. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard this? That yep. they're talking about making the trillion dollar coin? No, really? No, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> because I guess there's some weird rule saying that... Uh, like, Treasury can print any amount of currency they want. It doesn't have to be backed by anything. But it has to be oh, a coin okay. for some reason. Yeah. Hmm. And so they're talking about making a trillion dollar coin <laughs> <laughs> to pay for this, like... Is it the... Uh, the Infrastructure bill or something? Yeah. Or? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, deposited into the coffer. And I don't know. It's one of those things that, like, when I was a kid, my dad would always purchase, like, those Franklin Mint coins. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> no, and none of them were a trillion dollars. Not well, yet. Not that you know of. Have you exactly. priced them all recently? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, I don't have any other new news uh, to mention, so I'll cool. just go ahead and jump in. Yeah. Uh, I'll be doing the recap today, as Brent already mentioned. Uh, Season 4, Episode 16, Two Road Together, Uh original air date, February 18th, 1989. Written by uh, Robert Bruce and Martin Mm -hmm. Weiss, and directed by Terry Hughes. Hey, welcome back, Terry. And before I get into it, I want (laughs) to let you all know that you are my listener. You're everything I need and more. You are my listener. You're all I'm living for. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if my family hears that, I mean every word of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, I guess that's one takeaway. <laughs> so anyway, we open up a season one, or excuse me, scene one. We open up with uh, Sophia and Dorothy returning home from the funeral of Sophia's best friend, Edith Flannery. Showing how few fucks they actually give about <laughs> Sophia's life. <laughs> neither uh, Rose nor Blanche have any idea who Edith is or that Sophia's prior best friend had also died. Yeah. Uh, Sophia decides that uh, Phyllis Gluckman will be her new best friend, but assumes she will die soon also. Yeah, didn't they, don't they even comment that she doesn't like her? Yeah, I believe so. Well, but she's, she's like, like ah, a, she'll be dead soon. Exactly. Pretty much. She had a run of BFFs named Mildred, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be an easy one. You know, you got to yeah. keep... I, I like to keep my best friends being people who have similar names so I don't make a mistake. You know, mm-hmm. nothing more embarrassing than if I actually called you James or something. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You'd be really hurt. And then we'd have conversations about who's this James. I'm like, you know James. He just isn't on the podcast. And mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that with you, Brent. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that's why um, I don't have like comparable names, but I just keep my pool small. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, this way, like by like, choice. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 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 forty percent of my close male friends are here in this room now. <laughs> so that means there's three other close male friends that you have. Correct. Correct. Okay. I've got the two of you. Um, I've got a, a Blake and a Scott and Pick Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good for Pick Me. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'd feel if I found out that you had been moonlighting on his podcast and it was wildly successful now because of it. <laughs> We've been looking for a project to do together. <laughs> and folks, back again is Brent. Yeah. <laughs> on the call-in line. 
<laughs> Listeners are always excited to hear from him. <laughs> and like, I listen to the episodes that you're on. You never mention our podcast at all, even though his has gotten wildly successful. Never Ours is still just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, that was free advertising. You're like, there's no such thing as free in this world. <laughs> um. Exactly. Anyway. Raises his picketing sign. Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, in my defense, it's not the podcast I do with Pick Me. It's not more (laughs) successful because the content is better. Oh, okay. It's because of all those followers we bought on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Although you you kept getting those things about, oh, click here and you just promote it on whatever. We purchased a thousand followers for twenty nine dollars, and that made all the difference. Right. (laughs) It's a hell of a deal. Like we don't get any more listens, but man, it feels good on Twitter when I see all these bots. Not Twitter, but Instagram, whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Before you guys go to the Google machine, um, no, pick me and I do not actually have a podcast. <laughs> Just to clarify. It's a one podcast man. Exactly. Unless now. I agree to do a fish podcast. Exactly. The only <laughs> listeners I'm leaving unsatisfied are you. <laughs> so, you know what? Just as... Uh, your sister is, you know, makes her own bed, uh-huh. so she has to lie in it. I would say same for our listeners. I appreciate every one of them, but I also don't apologize. They, they especially have no one to blame but themselves. Yeah, on episode the second episode you've listened to, mm-hmm. you know what you're in for. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so yeah. So after this, Sophia, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, I guess. The biggest joke about this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) anything you say from this point forward is good, is the unintentional one, okay? Because, you know, hands down, the absolute best thing about this podcast Mm -hmm. is Ski's logo. Okay. You know, it's one of those things that... Oh, the most professional type thing about it, sure. Like, I see all these, um, you know, other, like... On the Spotify, because I follow our podcast, it's always recommending all of these other ones. Mm. And so I see their logos, and I'm like, man, the one that skeeted for our podcast is so much better than all of their logos. And I love that, both because, you know, it's a testament to your skill and your art and everything. You guys are making me feel nice. But it's also because... How many poor fools have clicked on that <laughs> because of the professionalism? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this, this, one's- this is a grade A podcast. <laughs> right. Look at the quality of this logo. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a double bait and switch, right? Or something. Yeah, it is a bait and switch. And then we got them. The first episode, <laughs> and they're like, holy crap it can't consistently be this bad could it and then they keep listening another two three episodes and like oh yeah it is yeah i think you need to get to if, if you make it to episode four or five yeah then you know at that point don't get me wrong we're better now than we were on our fifth episode but i see the difference between episode one and five mm-hmm. is huge the difference between episode five and 90 mm-hmm. whatever we're on right now yeah. is 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 moderate yeah uh, it's <laughs> I don't know, I guess I have a slightly different take in that it's been a slow decline ever since <laughs> season one, episode 20. That was the high water yeah, mark. That's peaked. <laughs> it's been downhill ever since. But the quality of Ski's logo has stayed the same. <laughs> Ski's logo is absolutely marketable. Like, we absolutely. could sell shit with that on there um, if we had a following <laughs> that it was enough that people would want to buy it. Yeah. But yeah, no, Ski's, Ski's logo is fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. to give you a good idea, a good testament to what you're saying, mm-hmm. at this point, you know, as we've, you know, our listenership has slowly grown, mm-hmm. we probably get, uh, we're, we're pushing about 100, 
uh, listens mm-hmm. to a brand new episode in the first week. Yeah. And about 130, 140 listens in the first month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, we our first episode has like a thousand listens. Yeah. So that means like nine hundred people have listened to it and didn't make it <laughs> nah, <laughs> and are so still funny. with us. <laughs> it's what so. I love, and that's the that's the joke that I think is so funny. The <laughs> fact that they see his you know logo and they click on it, and the jokes on them. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's also sad. <laughs> it's it's sad that that's your favorite part. Is the joke um, not more on us that we keep getting together? No, the joke is like your logo is so good. You're almost trolling people <laughs> well and i enjoy getting together to do it yes um, i don't necessarily like love editing not, an episode not doing it just for the listens right you're doing right. it because you have fun right yeah i mean if it, if, it, if we were just doing it for the listens we would have quit a long time ago <laughs> I we were doing it for that brinks truck of money backing <laughs> oh, up to the yeah well unfortunately it's it started in alaska and at this point it's not even out of that state yet exactly and then by so. the time the pinkerton guard wets his beak <laughs> right there's not much left so but anyways, uh, <laughs> so where were we? So yeah, so 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 you were t- telling the listener how much uh, they mean to you. Mm-hmm. I told them that before. They already know. <laughs> They're all I'm living for. Um, mm-hmm. But Sophia goes off to her room, and the other three uh, head to the kitchen to lament the waning number of days left for Sophia while enjoying cheesecake number fourteen. Uh, Rose starts telling a story. That's the key to longevity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Rose starts telling a story about a mediocre tiger and how his wife wished for him to be more talented, but then lamented the wish because he had so much less time to spend with her. And I just want you know, I hope you're listening to that, Sherry. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying, Brent? Can you repeat it one more time? Sure. Um, I'm just going to start over just so we can do this I heard properly. something about a mediocre. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rose starts telling a story about a mediocre tiger and uh-huh. how his wife wished for him to be more talented, uh-huh. but then lamented the wish because he had so much less time to spend with her. Gotcha. And so I just want to share to remember that when she laments my lack of success or talent, that if I was more successful <laughs> or talent, she'd get less time with me she because I'd really be the higher she? demand. Yeah. What's that? She doesn't really, she's not really upset with what you do, is she? <laughs> no, I, I think that. You know, if Sherry needs a pep talk, mm-hmm. I'll give her a pep talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm going to tell her, it's like, you know, hey, never give up on your dreams of Alan. You know, because even when they're doused in sorrow, because they seem so far away, mm-hmm. they could come true tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and whose line, what song is that from? That's uh, Rose's nursery rhyme oh, that right. she was going to put yeah, in the Hallmark card. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see maybe you didn't do the recap for that episode no. or something. <laughs> Not enough synergism here. <laughs> yeah, it's a lack of synergism. That's always our problem. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but Dorothy at this point decides to take Sophia on a trip, but Sophia is sure she is tricking her into Shady Pines 2.0. Uh, we head into our next scene. Uh, now we're in the living room as Sophia and Dorothy are heading to the airport to head to Orlando because this is a uh, much quicker and more convenient than the three-hour drive mm-hmm. from Miami to Orlando. Yep. Uh, you can take the train. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> or the bus. Um, exactly. But, uh, oh, yeah. Would it be the, was the, the circus trains, right? Mm, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sophia makes a racist remark about the cabbie, but it's okay because she's old and he can't hear her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose goes into the kitchen and finds, finds Blanche drawing a picture of Tunder the Magnificent Tiger from the fable that she had told earlier. And Blanche has come up with the idea of writing and illustrating a children's book. Rose comments on how uh, when her children were small, she bought big illustrated storybooks all the time. 
And Blanche said that she bets the kids loved loved to twitch roast supplies. Nah, they had their own books. I think that was my favorite line of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good Rose line. It was a good one. So I, I've had, Ski and I have talked many times about collaborating on a, um, you know, some sort of a project, making a comic book or something along those lines. And I feel like it, over time, with looking at how busy Ski's life is and how busy it will be until the day he's in the grave, <laughs> I've kind of given up on those dreams. I think this is the height of collaboration that Ski and I are probably ever going to get to. Um, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think doing a comic with Ski would be a lot like doing a comic with Kevin Smith. <laughs> There's going to be some missed deadlines <laughs> and some issues that don't come out. Yeah, that, that's probably true. Uh, so it's sad to me when I look because the, the podcast that got me into listening to podcasts, and I think it was at mm-hmm. your suggestion, yeah. was Smodcast, which was Kevin Smith's podcast that mm-hmm. he does with Scott Mosier. Mm-hmm. And they did it for many years together. Um, but then at a certain point, Scott Mosier's life changed, like mm-hmm. his, his career, and so he became less available. And now that show... Once in a great while, Scott Mosier will be on it, but usually it's other guests, and even mm-hmm. that, it's infrequent that it comes out. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just think about Is that. Kevin like, Smith still on it or no? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah he's still on it. Um, but it's like he'll be interviewing basically somebody else on it. Um, and once in a great while, Scott will kind of check in. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me sad because I'm like, this is the one that for me started mm-hmm. it all. Yeah, yeah. And now it's just such a shell of its former self. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does other good podcasts as well as. We've had other projects they've worked on together too, right? Like Who, him and Scott Mosier? Yeah. Uh, not so much. Yeah. Um, not he didn't help with any of the movies? I thought he did. Yeah, I think maybe Clerks 2 is the last one they did together. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a cameo, I think, in the. Um, yeah, as an actor in the. the Clark's uh, the mall rats. The mall secret, rats, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, is that the one with the Steve Dave? Is it the same guy or? Um, there's well, two guys. That's uh, Walton. Yeah, Walt. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, Brian yeah. Johnson. But yeah. anyways, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it. So loin of pork. <laughs> so then uh, we get into scene three. Uh, we leave Rose and Blanche to join Dorothy and Sophia in their hotel room. Sophia has uh, just taken a Mondo Duke, and Dorothy has decided to chronicle her bathroom adventures. Uh, Sophia asks, Who are you, Bill Moyer? Uh, Sophia is trying desperately to head to the Magic Kingdom, but Dorothy harangues her into uh, looking at old photos, reading old letters, and looking at old slides. Well, Which, technically, she threw the slides upon herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So. And she's like, Oh, you really should have brought the slides too, saying it sarcastically. And she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, now you're in the spirit. <laughs> right, yeah. It's one of those things, though, that Sophia does not have a problem reminiscing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not an episode goes by where she does, <laughs> yeah. you know, picture of Sicily back in 1922 or whatever. Yeah, but it's like, Why would you leave the, the city and yeah. go to a vacation <laughs> destination to then exactly. do all the reminiscing? Well, if you remember, the entire point for Dorothy, though, was. Had nothing to do with Disney World. Well, sure, but she it's... wanted to go to the Keys. So, but but poor Sophia, she just wanted to go to Disney World. And... Even if you were going to the Keys, why'd you go there to sit in your room and look at slides and shit? <laughs> so, I, I think I think Sophia is completely justified. Oh, I totally agree. Her uh, disdain think, for this. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but she later on talks about what quality time really is. Mm-hmm. And I think her definition is a lot more in line than what Dorothy had in mind. Right. <laughs> So now we go over to scene four, um, back with our aspiring authors. Uh, Rose isn't sure what Blanche means by synergism or her risque joke, but figures she will fake it till she makes it. Uh, Blanche and Rose are having creative differences, and Blanche threatens to rub one out, uh, meaning she was going <laughs> to er- erase the uh, the, uh. Draw, the character, <laughs> one of the character um, 
Mookie the sailor is the one that's in danger. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, then we go on to scene five, uh, flipping back to Orlando. It just kind of flips back and forth throughout the whole episode. Um, Sophia has taken all the reminiscing that she can and tries to escape, saying, your life is supposed to flash before your eyes when you're dying, not when you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, states that she has wasted, or waited her whole life to ride Space Mountain, which is a lie because it opened at Disney World on January 15th of 1975, mm-hmm. um, far after her life had began. Yes. Um, at that point, the rain starts and continues she through. Was a septuagenarian at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so at that point, the rain starts and continues through uh, the commercial break. What products did they advertise? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I only assume it was a commercial break because it's the way that it would appear to have stopped on Hulu. So. Exactly. Um, I'd like to think that uh, Ski's bootleg Russian site that he watches the episodes on still has the original commercials. <laughs> right. Oh, man, I wish it did. <laughs> that would be awesome. Probably get some form of payment for those as well. By Menden. Exactly. <laughs> AT&T, reach out and touch some. <laughs> so we come back from the commercial. Um, oh, go ahead. You mentioned that the by Menon. Um, I sing that to myself probably daily. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you use? Were you putting on your deodorant or something? No, no. Um, so here's a here's a little tip for all you cats and kittens. Um, <laughs> so if you ever get like a song stuck in your head, mm-hmm. you know it's just playing on a loop or whatever. Do the by menon. Okay. And what it does, it like resets your brain. Oh, okay. Like the part of your brain that you know controls like melody and stuff like that. If you do the by menon, you know it clears that out, hmm. and the by menon isn't actually long enough for your brain to turn that into a loop. Oh, okay. So that's if you get a song stuck in your head, do the by menon. Oh, that would be How torture did? if it did, though. Can you yeah, imagine? Yeah, you're just all day by menon. Bye, yeah. man. <laughs> so, but yeah, like pretty much daily, I get some song stuck in my head. And that's how did how you I come sort of, to figure this out? Um, I want to say Stephen Colbert. Oh, really? Did, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I get on know. him. Yeah, and thank you for the tip. Yeah. Um, so let's see, uh, scene six. Now we come back from what I assume was the commercial break. I guess mm-hmm. I shouldn't take liberties with uh, yeah, yeah. assigning it that. But um, exactly, we find that the rain's been going on for twenty four hours. Dorothy is trying to read Sophia's poker face, and then starts to discuss her inability to process human emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia bounces out to get her drink on and enjoy a soulful rendition of "It's a Small World." Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy joins her in the bar and says she was hoping for a quality time, more magical. Uh, than chopping vegetables. Mm-hmm. They uh, do a whole uh, Casablanca routine mm, in the piano player. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Yeah, I like that too. That was a solid a solid scene. Um, we spent the, some time the, talking about as time goes by. Right. The singer's a famous guy too, right? Yeah, he is. Uh, well, I mean, I can mention it now. Uh, Freddie yeah. Jackson, he played Sam. 131 titles, uh, mostly as a composer or in uh, music videos. Um, this was his uh, actual only acting credit, but he is known for the songs... Uh, Rock Me Tonight and You Are My Lady. Which, you are my lady. Mm-hmm, yeah. You're everything I yeah. need and more. Yeah. I caught that part. Okay, good. I didn't know <laughs> if you did or not, but I hope that you did. I like the record reflect that those two were looking in each other's eyes mm-hmm. as they did that back and forth. <laughs> and now I can't stand up because I don't want to be embarrassed myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Alan's assembled the Satan's Davenport. <laughs> So. Get a package of cabbage in the mail. Right. Yep. Um, break out the King George. <laughs> so uh, he gets the black. 
Exactly. It doesn't start off that way, but after he throws, after he lobs it onto the poop deck. (laughs) So I have to read this next. This is my own commentary here coming in my recap. But I did say George or uh, Dorothy joins her at the bar and says she was hoping for a quality time more magical than chopping vegetables. And my commentary is, guess what, asshole? You could have gone to the magic fucking kingdom. And that would have been a lot more magical than chopping vegetables and making memories. Agreed. uh, Sophia quits quoting uh, H.W.'s inauguration speech and the uh, two make amends and leave the bar. Mm -hmm. So Now we get a... Back in Miami one more time uh, to Blanche and Rose, where Rose says that they won't be making her story into a book after all. Blanche questions her, and Rose asks, uh, did I just lapse into Swedish? And shows her a, a, a book already containing the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche is upset that they've been writing stories that have been uh, already been written, to which Rose replies, if it's any consolation, they do it all the time on Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> An unnecessary shot of Mr. Belvedere, in my opinion. But, exactly. Um, but I still like the, <laughs> I was going to say, poor guy suffered enough while was sitting on his nuts. <laughs> yeah, he should have. He should have had a free pass going forward after that, exactly. <laughs> free from any criticism. Exactly. <laughs> in fairness, though, we don't know at what point in the production he sat on his nuts, That's so true. it may not have happened just yet. That is true. <laughs> then we get to our last scene. Uh, has a uh, Sophia taking everything that isn't nailed down in the hotel room. Dorothy says she has one more thing to do before they leave, and the show closes with a shot of them on uh, Space Mountain. Well, it wasn't on them. It was kind of a stock shot yeah, of Space Mountain. Yeah, going through the ride. Which yeah. brings us to Alan's deep dive. I knew it was going to be Space Mountain. <laughs> so, so I should have known it was Space Mountain. Mm. What did you think it was going to be? <laughs> well, she had that. Uh, so Sophia started talking about uh, an analogy about collecting lightning bugs. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> As a child, right? Mm-hmm. And she was saying so about a thousand points of light. Oh, yeah. And so I thought you were going to do a deep dive on George H.W. Bush's uh, inauguration speech. Oh, okay. But that's because I'm stupid, and I should have known because you love no, Disney. I, mean, I, I am. It's. I've said before, Disney is my oddest – obsession would be a strong word, I think, but oddest thing that I've become really into past my 30s. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't think I, I the first time that we went to Disney World, I went when I was a kid once. But then, as a family, Sherry and I and my dad and Gwen and Joey went in 2011. And at that point, like I was just really into it. You know, I really, sold at that point mm-hmm, forward, right? Exactly. So there's been no other thing that's been more un, uh, unexpected that I've gotten into in my 30s uh, yeah. or later. You know, now in my 40s, but yeah. uh, than that. So, did you have something more you want to add before I go into this deep dive? I was going to say, um, I think you're selling short uh, your collection of Franklin Mint Alf Landon coins. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, I think, less expected even than uh, than. Hey, I'm going to do a, a podcast about the Golden Girls. <laughs> I don't know. I would say the Alf Landon coins. Ta- I think the natural projection of my life it really telegraphed <laughs> that. <laughs> so um, I, I would totally disagree. But mm-hmm. anyway, so. Uh, Space Mountain, as I discussed earlier, it was open January 15th, 1975 in uh, Magic Kingdom at Disney World in Florida. It's in the Tomorrowland section of the park. Did you say January 15th? Yeah, January 15th, 1975. They couldn't, like, bump that up a month in order to get the Christmas rush? Oh, I guess not. But at the same time, you know, they... I don't think that things were quite as uh, insane back then as far as mm. park attendance and whatnot goes. Yeah. Um, 
And they wanted to get it right, Brent. It wasn't just getting it done quick. It was getting it done right. Mm. Uh, yes, I mean, that park reached perfection with the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that might have been an opening day attraction, but I, I could be wrong on that. Yeah. That's the... Um, um, so, you know, my wife and I keep talking about maybe possibly going, and that's mm-hmm. our biggest disagreement is to... You know, because she doesn't want to see the Hall of Presidents at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like I will be a son of a bitch if I do not go down there. So, is it something where are you willing to compromise that you get to go to see Hall of Presidents with Cassidy, but if she wants to sit that one out, she can? Or is it like that you have to go and Cassidy has to be part of it, and you want Elena to be part of it too? I do. I want I want all of us to be part of it together. Okay. Um, because it's one of those things that if we, if we do split up like that, mm-hmm. then Cassidy's going to resent me for dragging her to it, and she's going to resent her mom for having freedom for the <laughs> hour and a half that we were stuck in there. How do you think, like, if, if you gave Helena two options, you're like, okay, you can see Hall of Presidents or Country Bear Jamboree. Mm-hmm. You have to see one or the other. If you don't want to go into Hall of Presidents, yeah. Country Bear Jamboree. Kind of the same area, the right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're near yeah. each other. Yeah, she would see the Country Bear Jamboree. Okay. I think she would, I think that's something she may enjoy, or even that may be on her list of something like, yeah, we can do that. You know, it's just the Hall of Presidents for some reason. Mm. I don't know. I think you guys have to come to a compromise on that one. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it would be a shame if uh, Cassie's like, why don't you guys ever take me to Disney World? And you're like, well, mm-hmm. let me talk to you about the Hall of Presidents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was just too much How of about the Hall up. of Country Bears? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, But anyway, it was uh, manufacturer was Aero Development. Uh, designer was Wed Entertainment. And the uh, height on it is 90 feet and the drop 26 feet. Length 3,196 feet. Um, it goes up to speeds of 27 miles per hour. Which is, So have you been to Disney World before yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've been on Space Mountain, I mm-hmm. assume? Yeah. I was a lad at the time. It yeah. is funny because since it's an inside dark coaster, it feels a lot faster than well, 27 miles per hour. You also go around curves, which yeah. makes... Make, yeah, gives you the, the force of it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to be 44 inches. Has she reached that uh, milestone mm-hmm. yet? Yeah. Okay, so you'd be good to go there. Yeah. And then let's see. The... Uh, so Space Mountains is an outer space theme indoor roller coaster in Tomorrowland. Um, it's the the original version of the iconic attraction that has since been replicated at other Disney theme park locations worldwide, with the exception of Shanghai Disneyland. But all the other Disney parks do have have one. Uh, How come the Chinese don't have it? I don't know. Um, maybe they just haven't gotten around to it yet. That is the most recently opened gotcha. of the Disney theme parks, so maybe at some point they'll get their version. Um, it's maybe, also, maybe they want it to be like even more advanced. It could be. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's also the oldest operating roller coaster in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, RCA helped fund the construction um, and sponsored the ride from 75 to 93. And FedEx assumed sponsorship from 94 to 2004. Uh, Walt Disney, ori- him, you know, the man, originally conceived the idea of a space-themed roller coaster for Disneyland following the success of uh, Matterhorn in 1959 who sponsors it now i'm sorry uh, no one sponsors it now it's been sponsored list since 2004 okay so they finally got it paid off then yeah finally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um but uh, he the technology limitations uh caused the project to be postponed and then after the early success of the magic kingdom in the 70s uh, disney began planning its first uh thrill ride at the new theme park so that was the first thrill ride they had at disney world period was disney dead then like yes he, he, yeah he was dead he was dead before magic kingdom opened gotcha so oh really i, I did yeah. not know this he got to go like he was in magic kingdom before it opened uh-huh. but before it actually opened its gates to the public he had already passed oh man mm-hmm. yeah it's sad 
Um, it's like Willy Wonka dying on his front porch. Yeah. Not to greet the <laughs> well, yeah, Disneyland though. So I mean, it's Disneyland is pretty iconic in itself. So at least he didn't die before even that first park opened. I guess. Um, See, after determining that a duplicate of Disney's Matterhorn was not feasible, Disney opted to revisit the Space Mountain concept following advances in technology that made the project more feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, it's like, hey, Neil Armstrong, we're going to send you to the moon. Right. You know, and then he slips and falls in the shower before he launched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess Matterhorn certainly was a thrill ride, but this would have been probably the second overall thrill ride in any Disney park because um, mm-hmm. I don't think anything else in Disneyland would be considered a thrill ride Mm -hmm. but i know initially he did not want thrill rides in the park Mm -hmm. and kind of uh conceded on matterhorn and then it was so popular and kind of realized Mm -hmm. that it could appeal to a broader audience Mm -hmm. of uh of visitors um, which made it more possible for other ones to he's coming to he's like the view yeah exactly disney's like you know a fantasia tommy anything it's that people hate excitement (laughs) (laughs) um uh, (laughs) wow is that a dig on fantasia i love fantasia um but yeah (laughs) it's very dry does not hold a child's attention um so in 1964 uh, walt first approached designer john hinch with his idea for the new attraction that would be the focal point focal point of a renovated Tomorrowland <laughs> planned for 67. His spaceport uh, would include a roller coaster style ride in the dark with uh, lighting and other special effects. Originally called Space Voyage, <laughs> the concept artwork by uh, John Hinch, Clem Hall, George McGinnis, and Herb Ryman. Uh, the attraction concept continued to be refined over the coming years by Wed Entertainment. And in June of 66, the spaceport attraction was called Space Mountain for the first time. I tell you what, yeah. if you want something exciting, uh-huh. you definitely call up Clem and Herb. Oh, yeah, I know. That, that, that's when you know. If if Clem, Herb, and George are on the job, <laughs> then excitement is... You said George McGinnis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, From George, the Pacers? Exactly, yeah. Basketball great George McGinnis. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so they, they wanted to, to do it in the Magic Kingdom, you know, after they decided that... Uh, they needed a, a thrill ride out there, um, but the Matterhorn ride would have fit like in their Fantasyland area mm-hmm. better. But it yeah. just it, they didn't have the space for it there. Yeah. So even though it would have fit the theming, so that's why we went with the space one instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the, it fits pretty well where it's at, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So uh, one thing I thought was interesting is that the uh, lift hill is designed uh, in the form of a launch bay and contains a large narrow spaceship, which was based on uh, the Discovery One spaceship from 2001: A Space Odyssey. Nice. Um, full-size figure of astronaut are suspended upside down beneath the ship's engine to give the illusion of zero gravity. And uh, once at the top, the trains uh, then make a small and quick dip before plunging into numerous twists and turns and travel around corners uh, around the mountain in near complete darkness, uh-huh. including the uh, coaster track's steepest drop of 39 degrees. Mm. Um, the ride ends uh, with the trains passing through a red swirling wormhole before hitting the final brake run uh, and entering the unload station uh, located underneath the, the loading station. And then after unloading, the uh, trains then travel around a short turn and climb right back up to, uh, or take a short lift to return back to the loading station. Yeah. So, like I said, they did have the sponsorship from uh, 75 to 2004, first from RCA and then from FedEx. Um, and then uh, 2005 to present, though, they have not, it has been completely unsponsored. Mm-hmm. Um, like Brent said, thanks to their uh, 
you know, finally paying off that loan. So, guys, <laughs> so. that means there's a vacancy in their, you know, their sponsorship. Do you think Sophia's choice should jump in there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. <laughs> so, yeah. That would definitely skyrocket uh, listenership. <laughs> like, I wonder if they considered rebranding it for the black hole. Yeah, possibly. I mean, that would have been a, a, certainly an option. Um, yeah. They would have given that movie a lot more uh, mm. clout. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know if that movie was ever heavily advertised. So maybe they didn't think they had yeah. a great product on their hand worth yeah. putting this. You know, the synergism. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's no um. synergism in your black hole. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more I add on that, but you didn't I, even mention synergism in your recap. Uh, did I not? Very briefly, he mentioned <laughs> well, the I, word, but he skimmed oh, over I, it. I didn't hear the word. Um, so. Yeah, I did mention. I think I have it typed out. If uh, you want to challenge me, check the <laughs> how, how, how's that spelled? Uh, <laughs> I, they spell it as a single word. Uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. It wasn't like C E N T E R. It's like I'm not a synergy, yeah. but synergism. So, I thought that was a great. See, yeah. I've been pronouncing it center, like S I N N E R. Synergism. Yes, <laughs> I've been pronouncing it like S I N N E R J I S M, like it's synergism. That's not how you guys have been making the joke. Uh, I guess not. I mean, I think that's. Not, I think I was thinking more center, like jism that's in the center. Um, not that. <laughs> no, either way, I mean, it's dirty, a disgusting, filthy, sinful act. <laughs> I like your definition better, but it is from synergy, right? Yep. Synergy. S Y N, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, assume so. Yeah. yeah, the actual spelling is S Y N. No, that's right, guys. This is the, the way Blanche was saying. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I wonder if that was even a term then. Synergism, jism. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I haven't Blanche be the one saying it. She's yeah. the more sexually charged of the bunch for exactly, sure. Yeah. You would make the leap um, a little more likely anyway, but. Yeah. Anyways, like I said, I had more on Space Mountain, but honestly, as I started reading, I'm like, wow, this is a really fucking dry deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> so, there just was there was one other thing. There's one other mention. There was there was that speech, but I was like, what am I going to say about an inauguration speech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, a part where she's like, what am I, somebody who was like a historian, mm-hmm. but hadn't really done anything interesting in and of himself. I mean, he was a political studs Turkle. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, we'd already discussed him in a previous oh, had episode. We? So, yeah. yeah, so it's just and it was just a friend of the working man. Oh, <laughs> it just wasn't interesting enough for me to make a yeah. deep dive out of it. Yeah. Uh, although, honestly, after after reading this, I don't know if this was either. But at least you learned a little more about Space Mountain well, and about ask, my love of Disney World. Let yeah. me ask you guys both. You've both been on it, obviously. Do you like the roller coaster in the dark? Or do you think the, yeah. the oh, lights? Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's fun. Yeah, and yeah, it's do you different. Pref- do you prefer the dark one instead of uh, ones out in the light? Yeah. <sighs> Do you think it adds I don't a level think, of uh, I don't think exhilaration? Dark or not dark would make the difference for me. I, I, it's, it's certainly not my favorite roller coaster at Disney or mm-hmm. you know in general. Yeah. But see, from what I remember, being in the dark is the only thing it has going for it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I mean, I think it's a fun ride. But I think if you were in the light, you would definitely notice the s- relative slowness of it for a roller coaster <clears throat> mm-hmm. a lot more. So I think it. I think for that ride, it really needs the dark. But, like, I would put it, I don't know, probably fifth or sixth at Disney World as far as roller coasters go for me, um, or rides in general, maybe even lower. You put above or below um, 
the 20,000 leagues under the sea ride. I would put it above that. Um, really? Yeah. I, I've ridden that. Where's that at? Is that Disneyland? It is now. Um, it, well, it's were... been at both. Disney World used to have one, but it closed down. Now yeah, they closed down a while back. Um, but they still have it at Disneyland. I think it's called like Nemo's Adventure, though, or something mm. like that. So they've rethemed it. Mm. I remember. I have very like few Nemo memories. the fish or Nemo Captain Nemo. <laughs> no. Yeah, Captain Nemo. Yes, uh, <laughs> Michael so Jackson's Undersea Adventure. Um, <laughs> Captain Neo. <laughs> oh, Captain Neo. Yeah, who's Captain Nemo? He was from, the captain from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under oh, the Sea. Oh, son of a bitch! So that that's why I was really totally good. like, no, you on were, board. and I'm the idiot. Here. I was on board with that. Joke. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Anyways, no, it's based on the fish, not the captain, <laughs> and in Disneyland. Uh, but yeah, they took that out a while back. But it's one of the few memories I have from my first trip when I was probably eight or nine. Go ahead. I kind of want to make a Captain EO now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that instead of it being um, you know, the Nemo ride, mm-hmm. it should have been the Dory ride. Oh, okay. and then when you get to the end, they roofie you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but anyway, this small memories. I just remember my grandmother is very claustrophobic mm-hmm. and we waited in line for like 40 minutes for this stupid ride mm-hmm. um and she walks down into the boat and she's like nope and walks right back out <laughs> oh no i mean the rest of us still rode it but uh, she, she it's a very tight fitting ride gotcha. as far as the I don't was on it so. yeah. yeah they didn't I don't think I've ever seen one where they list like claustrophobia amongst the things like if you have a heart condition mm-hmm. or you know bad back or whatever, don't ride this. That one absolutely. If you have that as an issue, I would avoid it um, in yeah. Disneyland. But it's a it's a you know fun little ride. It's yeah. if you can get it on a short wait, it's worthwhile. I don't think it's worth forty minutes though. Yeah. So. Have you guys been to the top of the St. Louis Arch? No, I have never been oh, there. Oh no, we haven't. Um, like we we recently went to the St. Louis Arch, but we just hung out at the bottom. Oh, so okay. closed. If you got uh, claustrophobic issues, mm-hmm. don't go inside. Yeah, because it's like I would say once you're at the top, it's not a big issue. Yeah, but uh, the odd elevator that they've got that goes kind of around the arch mm-hmm. is pretty confined. Yeah, and I think that's why it was closed down because of COVID. Oh, oh like, probably. You could only sense. like send one family at a time, and it would just well. When me and Nicole went, yeah. yeah, when me and Nicole went there last year, mm-hmm. it was in the height of COVID, mm-hmm. right? And so they were like mm-hmm. limiting the amount of people that could be up the top, yeah. and, and you had to wear a mask and be separate, mm-hmm. and yeah. only one group could go in there at a time and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, so yeah, that's that. The recap is done though, and the deep dive is done. So okay. my business is complete. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> did you have an MVP, Mademoiselle Ski? Um. You know, I had this all prepared in my head before, um, mm-hmm. and I've forgotten now. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Dorothy, mm-hmm. because even though she tried to ruin her mom's fun time, mm-hmm. ultimately at the end she got her, you know, out of the house and took her to Space Mountain finally. Yeah, yeah. How about you? I gave it to Sophia. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought she had the right idea. That would be a, if I had never, you know, if if you had never been to Disney World. Although I feel like she had been to Disney World with her uh, one of her paramours at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they have rides. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think it would be a, that's a trip I would pick, and I thought she was good uh, throughout her her part in it. Agreed. Yeah, I give it to Sophia as well, but I almost didn't just because like the overdubbing of her screaming at the oh. end over the <laughs> Space Mountain stock footage kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So, um, and how many uh, slices of cheesecake did you give it? 
I think I gave it a five. Five. I liked the episode, but it was not one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go and give it six and a half just because I really liked um, Alan's recap. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. I, and I didn't care for my recap much. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Um, <laughs> I, I would give the episode a four. I thought it was just a really average episode. It, it wasn't bad by any means, um, mm-hmm. but... I, not a lot of standout. Yeah, just nothing that really uh, spoke to me. I thought the comedy was, you know, average for for the golden. Even girl. though I had thousand points of light on <laughs> thousand true. points. Um, and I also am a little sore by the fact they didn't give me a better deep dive subject. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But um, but I don't really blame the episode for that. I, I blame myself for not uh, figuring out a better angle to take. Mm-hmm. So. so before we wrap this up, I just want to say thank you again to, to Numi and to Stacy for being complimentary towards me and everything. And for everybody else, you know, if you've made it this far, merci beaucoup. Uh, your patience is commendable. You're a credit to your nation. And tune in next week to lose another hour of your fleeting life. Until then, reste coco doré. God bless you all. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about us signing off with a uh, French <laughs> cheese eating surrender monkeys. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to say stay golden, Coco, right. and decide which to leave in. <laughs> no, no, leave them all in. I don't care. <laughs> Just leave in the bit about me, me saying thank you to Numi and Stacy. Oh, certainly, definitely would leave I can't that. Get close to giving Stacy my MVP. No, oh, very. I nice. should have. Well, too late now. Yeah. Sorry, Stace. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. So thanks for sticking around. As promised, we have a, a, a review for a book that we received. Um, it should be noted that we did get this book for free. The first thing we've ever gotten for free um, for doing this podcast. But our review will still be completely honest. Uh, and many thanks, though. That. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, Very I mean, cool. The book is ours to keep, whether we pan it or praise it. Right, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Ray's going to be coming back demanding his book <laughs> if we give it a poor review. <laughs> the only people making demands are the people demanding their time back. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's not going to be from Ray. That'll be Correct. from us. <laughs> Correct. Uh, your Correct. time on this, I think you'll find well spent. But yes. Brent, would you tell us a little about the book? So as mentioned in the teaser, uh, it's called Betty White, 100 Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life, uh, written by Mr. Ray Richmond, with a foreword by America's sweetheart, Gavin McLeod. Mm-hmm. And it's a fine, fine, fine book. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It sort of threads the needle between, like, you know, serious biography and coffee table book. And yeah. Did you get to read the whole thing, then? I did not read the entire okay. thing. Um, I spot-checked uh big big percentage of it but there were certain aspects like i'm still working my way through the mary tyler moore show mm-hmm. so i skipped that little section because sure. i didn't want any spoilers uh the mary tyler moore co-star gavin mcleod his introduction i did read well you had mentioned being a big fan of his already yeah 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 and so no it was a solid book just as a side note if you're a fan of the oxford comma uh ray richmond does include it Whenever he has a you know a list of three items, oh, okay. so, <laughs> thank goodness go. because I I don't think I could even read a book if the Oxford comma wasn't included. I am hardcore Oxford. <laughs> I am too. I'm yes. glad we're on the same page there. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, something we agree on. Exactly. There's more unites us than divides us. I if I notice that I have missed it on something, I will go back and fix it on my reports and stuff at work. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. 
we're getting off on a tangent. <laughs> Ray deserves better. <laughs> well, I will say, like I bet he does. I completely agree with Brent's assessment as uh-huh. far as uh, the type of book. It's a yeah. it's a beautiful book. Mm-hmm. And, it really is. And like like he said, it's kind of a cross between a biography and a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. It gives everything in kind of bite sized chunks. So if you're interested mm-hmm. in one part of Betty White's life specifically that you want to like flip through just the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. then there's a, a nice sized chunk on that. But it basically kind of chronicles. Mostly her career, but also some of her personal life as well. Yeah, you know, philanthropic work and everything. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, no gossip or anything like right, that. Right. Yeah. I don't. I mean, well, I mean, at least not that I happen to come across. I, I read quite a few of the stories also, um, yeah. but I didn't come across anything salacious. No. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, so yeah, there was. It was funny. There was one that I read that was about uh, time she was on Johnny Carson. I don't mm-hmm. know if you happen to read that one. Mm-mm. But it was talking about they were doing this skit where water kept flowing in um, during. Uh, Is that the one where it says he almost killed her or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. And and I read it and I was like, oh, that was a really funny story. Mm-hmm. Then I went and watched the skit and I was like, that story was better than the skit. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos, Ray. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I think that if you're a Betty White fan for sure, if you're yeah. a Golden Girls fan, or if you're really a fan of any of the yeah. you know primary thing she's done yeah. uh, well really that era career. of tv she's done so much mm-hmm. it covers a pretty broad swath yeah. oh well yeah I, I would say that there are only two possible betty white books you would need to purchase okay you know ray's book you know betty white 100 remarkable moments in extraordinary life and then if you have small children in your life go and pick up the little golden book about oh yeah betty white <laughs> and i think those are the only two you need at least until you know ray writes 100 more remarkable moments <laughs> in extraordinary life so now do you think ray's gonna wait until betty's 200th birthday to publish that one i think he's probably already got it written and he's okay. just waiting to pull the trigger <laughs> he wants to see how this one's received right and then if I, people deserve the second it one should be highly received um <laughs> I encourage everybody to, you know, go ahead and purchase this book. Yeah, certainly. And, and again, like we said, we, we're not getting, we got the book for free to, to review, but we didn't, not get any kickback on your purchases. No, no <laughs> Sophia's <laughs> Choice code to put in for a discount or <laughs> <laughs> anything like that. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, you could try and type in Sophia's uh, Choice. Sure, yeah. And if you get and a discount. Just hashtag away. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll give us a kickback, but I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Brent, how many uh, slices of cheesecake would you give this book? I give it the full eight. And how about you, Ski? Um, I, I've got to be honest. I didn't get to go through nearly as much of it as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. I was actually hoping that we would uh, do this after our episode. but uh, So, were you planning to like go through no, it during no. the recap? <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> but I thought maybe we'd have a... A short intermission before. Oh. I wanted to go through. Maybe, maybe you could go upstairs, take a dump, and then like then. Exactly. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. That wouldn't be a short intermission. I'll tell you. I've known uh, this guy a long time. But. He's got a belly full of mushroom cakes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, I haven't even eaten this evening, all right? So no belly full. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to give it, based on what I have got a chance to read, I'm going to give it a good seven. Seven. Because it's a very high quality book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only reason it doesn't get the full eight is because I just I, I didn't read enough of it. To so it's it. your fault that it doesn't get exactly. the full eight. Exactly. Exactly. It's, than it does about it's an, Rich, it's an unfair assessment. Uh, but, it really uh, is. I think um, uh, you can go ahead and weigh in first before I throw in my comment. No, I, I'm on board with you, Brent. I think uh, I think definitely eight eight slices is a fair. Exactly. I mean, when you're comparing it to other books that would be of a similar caliber, you know, <laughs> right. I, I can't. I have not personally come across one. Whether it be about the uh, about Betty White or a coffee table book mm-hmm. that I think outshines it, correct. So. Um, so anybody else out there who is writing a book about Betty White, um, you know, it's 
eight slices of cheesecake as good as you can get, and Ray's already got them, so yeah. your book is going <laughs> to pale in comparison to his probably. Yeah, the only thing you can do is if you want to write a real salacious one that tells about all the, you know, I'm the dirty little secrets. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you are interested in that, this wouldn't necessarily be the book for you in that case, mm-hmm. but if you're a fan of Betty White, yeah. you know, then, then you should absolutely actress, consider it. Yeah. Great yeah. Christmas yeah. present for yourself or exactly. for a loved one. Now, I will say just... This is a caveat, little asterisk to my thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're writing some fan fiction of Betty White on the road with the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. then I would definitely give that eight slices of cheesecake oh, okay. as well, probably. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and just so you guys know, it comes out on uh, December 7th. Um, okay. uh, you could probably pre-order it now, and I know that, uh, I believe that I've been told that some bookstores have already gotten it in stock. So Okay. So anyway, uh, anything else to add to this uh, mini review here, Brent? I did check, and if you shoplift the book, mm-hmm. then Ray does not get money. Oh. So you have to purchase it. So please do so. Yeah, I would encourage all of you to be productive members of our economy, not <laughs> brains on it. So I, I do want to comment on the, I know you guys have kind of touched on it already, but it's a very cool cover, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got... Uh, Almost like a almost metallic inset. Yeah, it's like a sepia toned image of Betty White herself, yeah. and then like a a rose pink. Mm. Um, it's a well, very uh, cool feeling book too. Like it's got a, a like the texture of the paper. Yeah, it looks like the uh, the Betty White title at the top is in a, a nice Helvetica, as well as the rest of the text. Maybe a Times New Roman on the one hundred. Mm-hmm. But. See, I think it's safe to say that uh, while when it comes to podcasts, Betty deserves better. When it comes to book, Betty got exactly what she deserved. Yeah, she got a slice of cheesecake book. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the uh, review and to hopefully the podcast that preceded it. And and continue to stay golden, Coco. Oh, and I think, uh, I believe Ray has uh, two small children. So hopefully they did not listen to the preceding podcast. <laughs> they just jumped straight to Dad's book review. <laughs> right. You know what? If they didn't, that's on Ray. I'll be honest. I mean, it says explicit right at the beginning. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it turns out. So, and the book review how the is mood not, takes us. Yeah. Uh, well, we always put the explicit tag regardless of yeah, how explicit yeah. we are in the actual episode. Well, yeah. Some days we're more tame than others. Yeah, I'd say we kept this review quite clean. So because Ray deserves it. It's uh, a good quality book. Mm-hmm, very much so. It, it, it's one of those things I think I mentioned before, you know, I'd love to write a book and then I see this and I was like, man, mine would not be this good. <laughs> yeah. I bet you could it's write It's very humbling. I think you would be a real good author. Mm-hmm. You're agree. very uh, meticulous. But we're not here to talk about Brent's author skills. Correct. <laughs> we're here to talk about Ray. Not yet at least. <laughs> right, yeah. And we'll give you a hearty for review when day. the time comes. <laughs> Thank and you. I, you know what? I'll read that whole book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> he didn't so that, say in a timely put, manner. Yeah, that'll put me one up on all hey, the It's been a busy week. <laughs> it seems like my last many weeks have been all busy. But. You mean the last like 43 years worth of weeks? No, no not at all. <laughs> all right. You but. say that as if the rest of us have nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> no, just busier than I like sometimes. Oh, I thought he was going to say just busier than you. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a better comeback. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I'm I have s- no evidence to support that. I'm sorry. Betty White, 100 remarkable moments in extraordinary life ray richmond eight slices of cheesecake december 7th and uh, stay golden coco <laughs>